Good morning. Thank you all for being here and uh, everyone who is on the live stream where I don't know where the camera is, so I'm just going to look. <laughs> and um, it really is a joy to be with you to do this Advent Day of Recollection. So I'm really grateful to Father Doty for inviting me and for his friendship and his heart that, uh, that's always seeking to unite itself to the heart of Jesus. And that's really what this Advent season is about. It's about preparing the way for the Lord in our own hearts. And we hear in the words of the prophet Isaiah over and over during the Advent season to, that every mountain will be made low and every valley will be raised to prepare a highway for our God. And, and I admit that as probably as a child and even a lot of times as an adult, as a priest, those words kind of go over my head and their significance. I don't really think about like, what does that mean to make a mountain low and raise the valley to make a highway for our God? But I do remember, you know, being in the military and plotting like land navigation routes and, and, uh, and every map has contour lines on it, you know, and oftentimes the shortest distance was to follow the contour line so that you weren't going up and down and up and down and up and down. And so we want to follow that contour line in our spiritual lives to be able to go straight towards our Lord. And so the Advent season is, is more than simply like preparing for Christmas. It's, it's also preparing our hearts for that encounter. And every year it's sort of a mini retreat for us to, to look back and examine our consciences and ask ourselves, okay, like what are the mountains in my own heart that need to be made low? Or where are the valleys in my heart that have to be filled in? You know, what might be getting in the way? And we focus during this Advent season, as I said at Mass this morning, on three different comings of our Lord. In the beginning of the Advent season last week and, and also some this week, we prepare for his coming at the end of time. That ultimate coming of Christ when everything will be made new. When everything will be made new for all eternity. And as we get closer to Christmas at the end of the Advent season, we're more focused on the first coming of Christ as he came among us as a child, as he came to us in his own vulnerability, as he was born into his own poverty. through the faith of his mother. He's born into the world through the faith of his mother. And then finally, there's that, what the fathers of the church call the hidden coming of Christ, which is his coming into our own hearts and his coming into our own lives. And that's one that we're meant to be focused on every single day of our lives to be vigilant, to be welcoming, to be open, 
to the ways that he wants to surprise us with his presence or to surprise us with his love. And so my plan for this morning is really three talks on those three comings with three meditations. And, and of course, like every retreat, I invite you to just ask the Holy Spirit to give you whatever gift he wants to give you to inspire in your own hearts what it is that, that you especially need to pray with. And these scripture meditations that I choose, they're, they're really what he wants me to pray with, and, and hopefully they're of some benefit. So our first meditation is from John chapter 14. And Jesus speaks these words at the Last Supper. He speaks these words as he's in his last moments with his friends. And these are friends that he called to himself that he's been walking with for the last three years who have been listening to all of his teaching, the people that have been closest to him. And he knows what's coming. He knows that he's going to his passion and death. He he knows that he's leaving. The kind of joy that he experienced with them at the wedding feast at Cana at the beginning of his ministry. And he's about to enter into this time of deep suffering. And he says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God, have faith also in me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself so that where I am, you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus says to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places, and if there were not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And this is our Lord's promise to each and every one of us that he's prepared a place for us. That he's prepared a place for us. 
And those words land, sort of land better when we feel like we don't have a place. You know, if you've ever felt like you don't have a place, sometimes we don't feel like we don't have a place, you know, in our job, or we don't have a place in our work, or in our, some people feel like they don't have a place in their church or in their families. And our Lord says, I have gone to prepare a place for you, a place where you experience belonging, a place where you experience peace, a place where you can abide in me. And that's our Lord's promise, and we have to believe that he's also prepared a place for us here and now, in this moment, in this time, in this church. But this is a place our Lord has prepared for us. And there are lots of ways that he can do that. And one of the things that's always good to reflect on is to sort of go back and say, like, how has our Lord prepared this place for me? What has our Lord done to prepare this place for me? You know, I just had, like, the greatest day yesterday, and I'm really excited about it, so I keep telling this story over and over again, so... I told a little bit at Mass this morning that I just did this, uh, this workshop for a bunch of priests in Italy on Zoom. And, uh, and then at the end of the week, there was a sharing of graces. And so, so there are priests on this workshop that are in this like island off the coast of France. There's priests in this workshop that are like from Milan to like Salerno in Italy. And there's like all kinds of different people and different accents and, and a couple of like South Americans. And, and, and they were all just very beautiful in the way that they shared at the end of the week. And, uh, and I was just filled with this sense of awe because our Lord prepared this place for them. And, uh, and I was able to see firsthand how that happened, which was crazy like, it was crazy. You know, somewhere around 2012, when I was studying in Rome, I was in this period of great darkness in my own life and in my own heart. And, like, there were days when I wasn't even sure I wanted to be a priest anymore. And there were days when <clears throat> I wasn't really sure that I believed anymore. There were days where mass was incredibly dry. And, uh, and the only thing I knew at the time was that our Lord was doing something in my heart, but I wasn't sure what it was, and I couldn't come home yet. And, and so I took four years to do a degree that's supposed to take two years. And, uh, and our Lord just kept digging and digging and digging and digging into my life. And then finally I have this breakthrough, and... And I came back to Lincoln and I started, you know, doing different, different ministries for people who are suffering. And, and the one that I've become most well known for is this like ministry that's uh, about freedom from addictions and especially addictions to the Internet or the darker places on the Internet. And, um, and then later on, I learned, you know, there, there's this guy in Italy who had gone through something similar around the same time as me. And, and he had looked for, like, online therapist, and he found this American therapist who does Skype therapy, and he started doing therapy with him. And 
Then he went on this retreat and he received this like baptism in the spirit on this retreat that really freed him. Like it, it sort of came in on top of all the other work that he'd been doing. And about the same time, there's this other guy who's French. He's from France and he works in the Vatican and, and he had been struggling in his own way. And, uh, and he, he had sort of made this decision to just like dedicate himself to, to our Lord and in gratitude wanted to do something about all this. So around 2014, um, this person who works in the Vatican, his name's Tebaldo Vinci Guerra, which is a great name. In Italian, I think that means like, like Tebaldo who conquers the war. Um, he, he happened to be in the, in the United States doing some work because he, he does a lot with Laudato Si and ecology and the environment. And he was like traveling around the, America and he was here in Lincoln. And he looked on our diocesan website and he saw like this ministry that I have. And so he sends me an email and he's like, hey, we should like, I want to meet you. And we, we go to lunch and we're talking and, and uh, I didn't really make much of it. And then he went back to Italy. And then about a year later, <clears throat> that first Italian guy that I was talking about, Luca, he decided to, he wanted to have like a tour, a conference tour with this American psychologist who in the meantime, I had started collaborating with a little bit. And then that psychologist said, hey, there's this priest, Father Sean, who speaks Italian, you should meet him. And then I introduced these two Italians to each other. And then they formed this apostolate. And, um, <laughs> and it, it, so it's just like a crazy way and none of us knew when our Lord was working on healing in our own lives that, that we would end up doing this conference for like 30 priests from all over Europe that like are going to start their own process of healing now, I think. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And there's lots of ways that our Lord has done that in our own life. And, and we can think about the people that God has sent us in our life Maybe there's somebody who invited us to get more involved in our faith, or maybe there's somebody who, through their own witness, their own testimony, moved something in our heart. Maybe you've like, encountered friendships here in Denton, Nebraska. But in all of that, our Lord has prepared a place for you. And we live in this time where a lot of people just feel out of place or we feel displaced because of the virus, because of social distancing, because of the like, incredibly depressing news that's come out about the church in the last two years because of the election division. Like, we can just feel like, uneasy or, or like, I don't really know where things are going. And our Lord says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. Where I'm going, you know the way. And so he's saying to us, like, you know what to do. And it's okay for us to respond back with Thomas, if that's where we are, and just say, Lord, I don't know where you're going. How can I know the way? So it's really interesting. I always thought that if I was, like, Jesus' direct disciple, I would, like, know exactly what was going on. Thomas is like, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And he just says, I am the way, which means we don't have to know what's going to happen next week or next year. 
The only thing we have to know is that we're going towards a person, that we're moving towards our Lord. And when everything else is unfaithful, he remains faithful. And Philip, too, Philip says, like, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Just, like, take us to the end game. And Jesus says, have I been with you all this time and still you don't know me, Philip? Which also gives me great reassurance. Because he can say the same thing to me. Like, have I been with you all this time, Sean, and still you don't know me? Like, every time I fall into doubt, every time I fall into I don't know what's going on, every time I... I'm, I'm unsure what's going to happen. <laughs> Have I been with you all this time and still you don't know me? Now, I've been staying in Wahoo for the last, like, four weeks. I think I'm staying there till June. But there's a part of me that's just like, somebody's going to make me move. <laughs> and our Lord says, have I been with you all this time and still you don't know me? And I think those are words that he speaks to each and every one of us in the church at this place at this time. Because we all have those questions. And and it's important that we follow the example of the disciples and voice those questions. And maybe your meditation this morning is just going to be like asking our Lord all those questions. Like, is it really going to be okay? Are you really going to take care of me? Is this going to like, like, are you really here? It's okay to say those things. Two Advents ago, my whole prayer was, Jesus, if I really give you my whole heart, are you actually going to take care of it? Because that's where I was. And it it took some time for me to be able to be confident in his response. And so the way forward is the way towards our Lord. The way forward is the way towards our Lord. And if we have trouble seeing him, then we can ask ourselves, like, what are the mountains and what are the valleys? Do I have resentment in my heart towards somebody that I just haven't been able to forgive? Do I have conversations in my head about people Do I have an attachment to a particular sin where I'm really entrusting myself to that sin instead of entrusting myself to our Lord? Do I struggle with self-reliance and and I'm really out of sorts because I want to take care of myself and it's really hard for me to just say, Lord, I need you to take care of me and you can do the things that I can't do. You know, looking at those obstacles as, as we enter into the second Sunday in Lent is a really good thing because those are the mountains that need to be made low and the valleys that need to be filled in. So that we can finally arrive at that place that our Lord has prepared for us. And arrive there with Gratitude. for everything that our Lord has done for us.
And in that place of gratitude, there is peace and there is security and there is confidence. Even when the world is insecure, we're secure. Because we have him. And that's what this Advent season calls us to. To keep our eyes firmly fixed on him. And so I'll leave you to your own prayer. And during these periods of prayer, I'll be in the chapel here to hear confessions. Um, Just encourage you, if you want to go back and pray through that same passage, it's chapter 14 of John's Gospel, right from the beginning verses. You also could pick any of the kind of passages where our Lord encounters a person for the first time, like when he encounters Bartimaeus or when he encounters the crippled person at the pool of Bethesda. Or you might simply just sit and look at our Lord and allow him to look at you. And notice how he notices you. And how he invites you to know him. So that seeing him, we might see the Father and come to taste even now the fullness of being in God's presence for all eternity.